Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Qu'ils sont beaux les pieds. Jenny and I continue our conversation on taking the part for the whole. Okay, so let's get back to taking the part for the whole in social structures. And we said we want to discuss examples which we've been seeing in popular culture today. And let's start with transitioning youth and, and adults. You would say that we're taking this little part of the brain that wants something outside the normal yep. and privileging it and then making everybody around subject to that will. Yeah, I mean, this is a classic example of taking the part for the whole mm-hmm. and allowing the part to rule the whole, transitioning mm-hmm. this idea that as a society, we need to embrace the notion that because someone feels like they are imprisoned in the wrong body, that we need to turn society upside down, throw away traditional views of the difference between men and women, undermine science Science. itself, undermine the natural order itself. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows what is evidence. One of the most fundamental things about humanity is this division between the male and female sexes. Right. Uh, It doesn't mean it's not a complex relation. I think Mm -hmm. it is. But it's not something that we can just simply throw away like we're deciding to do right now without immense consequences. Another good example would be abortion, where we isolate the part of the woman as the whole, when in actuality a fetus involves a living being, a man, the family, social structures of the community and country. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, we, we try to make this abortion debate. And this, I know, in fact, we just read a comment uh-huh. from one of our most recent, I, I think it's the height effect, right. from a, a listener who listened and said, oh, I was hoping for analysis and all I get here is partisanship. Is that how they said it? <laughs> well, that's heard? how I read it anyway. <laughs> I took so, it maybe a little too personally. So note to self, never comment <laughs> to, to John in a negative way because that's the way he'll read you. Right. So I, I read that and I thought to myself, <laughs> well, I think I am being objective here mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm being partisan. But I do think that it is the left right now right. that is committing the vast majority of the assaults on truth mm-hmm. and rationality and science itself, the right. things that they proclaim. Remember, not too long ago, we did another series in which we talked about all of the the uh, signs in our neighborhood that say science matters. Yeah. <laughs> and the people who are putting that out are the ones who are undermining science. Right. And and you're not alone in this thought because last episode of No Compromise, we did the drawing the line, yeah. the last three episodes. Right. Where even and, people... And the effect. Yeah, yeah, even people on the left are starting to draw the line in all walks of all walks of life professions. Right. And they're seeing there's something yeah. seriously yeah. wrong here and we need to reevaluate what's going on. Right. And so you know it's bad when people who have bought into the ideology all their lives are coming to a point where they're seeing that their ideology is destroying something that they value deeply. Right. And then suddenly that opens the possibility that, hey, wait a second. Maybe something's wrong here that we need to do something about. Yeah, and we're seeing this. Oh my goodness, we're seeing this like every day. Yeah, we're since, hearing a new, a new person who is yeah, who's since, drawn a line since doing this series. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like every day we're seeing two or three examples mm-hmm. of people who are saying, wait a second, this is craziness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We need to we need to turn back the clock here. So if you want to know what we're talking about, go back to our last three episodes of No Compromise called The Height Effect. Yes. Drawing the line. Right. Yeah. And so the the abortion thing in particular, yeah. I didn't want to leave that go without saying more. The idea here is that you can take the woman's perspective that she doesn't want to bear a child now, mm-hmm. right? A- and make that the whole of the issue. Mm-hmm. Instead of recognizing that, one, a woman wasn't alone in conceiving a child. This they want to ignore entirely. Men have no rights in relation to a child that they've helped produce Mm -hmm. in our society. And that's largely as a result of where we've come, of isolating the part and making it into the whole. She gets to decide everything here. Well, wait a second. There's a child involved here. Mm -hmm. There's a man involved here. There's possibly... There's a family Yeah, there's possibly here. sisters and brothers or future <laughs> sisters and brothers. Exactly. And they want to isolate the part and make mm-hmm. it into the whole. Right. Rather than see the larger context. And this also involves that notion of unintended consequences, which is we've been complaining about for years, the left constantly does. Right. They think that if they, they, ju- they jump in and solve this problem mm-hmm. that they see, and they fix that, then that fixes everything. Right, right. And they fail to see that in trying to fix that, they destroy hundreds of other things that end up doing more damage to the people they're trying to help mm-hmm. than helping them. Exactly. So I think the if we move on, the biggest example <laughs> that we're seeing is the umbrella that's over everything, and that is the maternalization of the society and the infantilization of the populace. Yes. And that's, that seems to be the, the overlying. And that's sort of a reaction. The, mm-hmm. the left constantly calls the right reactionary. But the left has been extremely reactionary on this because they look at, again, taking the part for the whole, yeah. they look back over the history of humanity and they say, oh, it's been ruled by men mm-hmm. throughout history. And we need to turn that around. Mm-hmm. And so what have they done? They've maternalized our society. Right, right. It's... And I would argue that, in fact, throughout history, we've done a much better job of balancing mm-hmm. the role of men and women than we're doing now. Right. Because we've turned it into a maternalistic society. Where where we're trying to meet every need. Right. What, and, and what, it's, what it's need not matern- quotation marks. It's not maternal in the sense of of a mother with a grown person, right. because historically, that's right. The mother has to leave go, and then they go, and they do their thing, and the mother has to leave go. Yeah. We're talking about the, the mother-infant dyad, where yeah. the infant makes anything known, and the mother has to take care of it. There There is nothing wrong with a child when they need something, and therefore, mm-hmm. you must care for them 24-7. Right. But we've made that into the structure of our society Mm -hmm. where our government needs to take care of every little need of everybody. They need to be the, the helicopter parent in every instance, taking care of all the problems. Safety is the most important thing. Yes. Our safety culture. So it's kind of like we exchanged the idea of Santa Claus or grandfather God for a coddling mother. Yes, exactly right. And, and we've, instead of allowing 
the the paternalism of the society that's supposedly the interfering father mm-hmm. who's constantly wrecking the lives of everyone by imposing power. There's the Marxism thing again. Yeah. We've we've substituted the all caring mother mm-hmm. who jumps in and cares for everyone and protects the child from every possible danger yeah. around them, which is another way of destroying right. the society. And and the, probably the best example of this of recent years is what we saw in COVID. Yes. Yes. And in that, it's like the economy was brought down, science was undermined, the government trust was lost. Right. Debbie Lerman. Mm-hmm. Even truth itself was disregarded, all in the name of safety and, you know, making safety the part called safety. The part for the whole. For right. the whole, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the most important value. And it, what ends up getting destroyed most in something like that is safety. It's the thing. It's the part that we made. Yeah. You know, made yeah. for the whole. And paradoxically, that seems to be the case all the time. Yeah, we're going to talk about that then. In fact, we sort of talked about the indirect way of how COVID, the COVID response took the part for the whole. We didn't talk specifically about taking the part for the whole, but that was kind of like a shadow in our discussions on no compromise in episode number 12. Remember mm-hmm. that? Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes. So that's something if you want to go back and listen to, and you did a Christian atheist episode on it. That was episode number 65. And that was the update on the closing of our churches where we talked in depth about the COVID response. Right. So at the top of this discussion, you said that all this struck you in the way you thought about original sin. So would you say this all starts um, way back before creation? Yeah. With Satan. Right. I mean, the, the biblical account of Satan, and and since we're reading through Paradise, Paradise Lost. Lost right now, John Milton's yeah. Paradise Lost. That's on our Simple Gifts podcast. If right. you go on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube and just put in Paradise Lost with the Simple Gifts podcast with John Wise, right. you're going through the entire Paradise Lost. <laughs> right. And it is a fantastic poem. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it for so many years, and I was kind of anxious but also a little scared to read it. Yeah. But it has been a true delight to yeah. read through. And it's only and we're like, really enjoying it. It's only in like 10, 15 minute segments, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we've broken it up in a, in a very easy access form for right. you. If you go on the Christian Atheist YouTube channel, there's an actual playlist and it starts from the beginning. We haven't completed it yet. Right. So we're always adding you know, new parts to it. Right. But, and, and in that then, so getting back to it, the the story of Satan Mm -hmm. is very clearly presented as someone who having been a created being understood himself as a part within the greater whole that God had created. Mm -hmm. And as long as he plays his part and recognizes his part, he has value and importance and everything is properly balanced. Right. But when he raises himself above that proper structure, then we get the origin of sin. Exactly. So he sets himself up above God and seeks to create his own kingdom. Exactly. Uh, And that's what we call the pride of life. And in its own way, messing with the ethics that we talked about at the very first part of our section here today is doing exactly what Satan did. Exactly. And also... Everything that we do in society of raising one thing above another is that sense of the pride of life, of putting something, taking something out of the broader context, even though we don't fully ever understand the broader context, 
we, we raise, we take our rational structures and we think to ourselves, hey, this is really important. Mm-hmm. And so we decide we're going to make it more important than it really is because in our minds, it clearly is. Right. And that's just the pride of life. Right. And so, so we raise ourselves up above the structure that God put in place, up above God. And again, Hegel, <laughs> sorry, yeah. is is playing the part of Satan here in, in my view, mm-hmm. because he did this at a level beyond what anything ever happened in history yeah. Yeah. to this point. And that is setting us up, who knows, for the end times, yeah. I don't yeah. know. But I do think we are in an unprecedented place in history where we've raised ourselves the human being to right. a level of God. And we are going to reap the consequences of that. In fact, we are right mm-hmm. now. Or simply put, elevating our will, which is the part, yes, over God's will, which is the whole. Right. Which is expressed throughout the whole mm-hmm. and, and all and of you, the structure. And yeah, and how we each have a, a role to play, like you said, Satan. Yes was part of that role in before creation. And, and that raises a really important mm-hmm. point because the things that we tend to raise up are good things. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard to refute the left. That's why it's so seductive. Who is going to say that it's wrong to be nice? Right. But it is wrong to be nice. Right. When it's raised beyond what it should be mm-hmm. because it destroys the other structures that surround it. It, right. it takes the context away. And that's what we're involved in, but it is so difficult. We were just talking to Micaiah about this mm-hmm. this week, that it is very difficult to to refute the arguments of the left right. because they stand on real values. Right. So we're not saying that they're evil in that sense. We're saying that they have evilly, they have misapplied, they've misunderstood the structure. Mm-hmm. And they're missing really important points in raising something that is valid, but has been overvalued right, right. or misvalued. Okay, so this is Isaiah 45, 9 through 12. Woe to those who quarrel with their maker. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. dead on, right? Because that's mm-hmm. Satan from mm-hmm. the very beginning. And that's everything we do when we raise ourselves above the structures that God has put in place. Right. Whether knowingly or unknowingly. Right. Those who are nothing but potsherds among the potsherds on the ground. That is, we're just parts in yeah. the whole. Yeah. yeah. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say the potter has no hands? Woe to the one who says to a father, what have you begotten? Or to a mother, what have you brought to birth? This is what the Lord says the Holy One of Israel, and its Maker. Concerning things to come, do you question me about my children, or give me orders about the work of my hands? It is I who made the earth, and created mankind on it. My own hands stretched out the heavens. I marshaled their starry hosts. That's 3.12. Oh, I think that's fantastic, because it definitely says, look, When you're messing with the works of God, and even if you want to take it out of the spiritual realm, when you start messing with the natural world and thinking that you know better, that you can substitute your rational vision for reality itself, Mm -hmm. you get yourselves into all kinds of trouble because you can't stretch a rubber band away from your face without it springing back. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? It's the nature of things right. that when you bend reality, it's going to snap back. Exactly. And if you're in its way, you're going to be hurt. Right. And we're constantly doing that these days when we take the part for the whole. Yeah. Okay. So here we are at the end. And um, don't you think it might be a good time to read some of that article that we read the other day about the massive tree planting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This was a fascinating article. It's a massive tree planting around the globe to combat climate change. Right. Because um, it kind of, I think that um, if our listeners didn't quite get taking the part for the whole, I think this article really shows like a practical and real world example of, of, of the whole idea. Okay. What do you think? Um, Do we, should we read it or should we just comment on what what it is is we found in it? Are there little, are there any little parts? Maybe just read the introduction. Okay. Well, and then comment on it. Let, let's let's start with this. Okay, go ahead. For the last three years, since you have you and I have been together, we've done a lot of walking mm-hmm. and a lot of driving together, mm-hmm. and we've we've crossed different places in the country, and we keep seeing these white spikes coming out of the ground all over the place. Mm-hmm. And we look at them and we say, "What in the world is going on there?" And finally, this year, we figured it out. We see all of these trees being planted with these white tubes around them, meant, I guess, to protect them. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, it's like every tree that was planted inside one of these tubes is dead. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple, maybe in a, a vast field right. of them, that it's are living survived. yet. Mm-hmm. But the, all, almost all of them are dead. And we said to ourselves, what is going on yeah. here? And then we started speculating and we thought to ourselves, hmm, it seems as though someone is, is mandating that these things be planted in a particular way. And that particular way is really stupid because it's <laughs> killing the trees rather than helping them. Right. And right. it turns out we were right. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. <laughs> and this article makes the point for us. Yeah, we just found it this week. I think part of our speculation was that Probably the government is paying for this project to to be instituted and then passing down the mandates on how it has to be if you if if you want the money to plant the trees. So this article is called Phantom Forests: Why Ambitious Tree Planting Projects Are Failing. Who wrote it? It's written by Fred Pierce and was published on October 6, 2022. Okay, so it's And it's recent. from Yale Environment 360. Okay. Published at the Yale School of the Environment. All right. And we'll put the link in our description for this podcast episode. <laughs> okay, so Phantom Forests, Why Ambitious Tree Planting Projects Are Failing. High-profile initiatives to plant millions of trees are being touted by governments around the world as major contributions to fighting climate change. But scientists say many of these projects are ill-conceived and poorly managed and often fail to grow any forests at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Typical leftist intervention and problem solving. Exactly. It was perhaps the most spectacular failed tree planting project ever. Certainly the fastest. On March 8, 2012, teams of village volunteers in Camarines-sur-Provence on the Filipino island of Luzon sunk over a million mangrove seedlings into coastal mud in just an hour of frenzied activity. 
the governor declared it a resounding success for his continuing efforts to green the province. At a hasty ceremony on dry land, an official adjudicator from Guinness World Records declared that nobody had ever planted so many trees in such a short time and handed the governor a certificate proclaiming the world record. Plenty of headlines followed. But look today at the coastline where most of the trees were planted. There is no sign of the mangroves that, after a decade of growth, should be close to maturity. An on-the-ground study published in 2020 by British mangrove restoration researcher Dominic Woodhouse, then of Bangor University in Wales, found that fewer than 2% of them had survived. The other 98% had died or were washed away. It was a complete disaster, agrees Jim Enright, former Asia coordinator of the U.S.-based nonprofit Mangrove Action Project. But no one that we know of from Guinness or the record-planting proponents have carried out follow-up monitoring. Guinness has not responded to requests for comments. Such debacles are not unusual. Forest scientists say they are surprisingly frequent, and they warn that failed afforestation projects around the world threaten to undermine efforts to make planting a credible means of countering climate change by reducing carbon dioxide in the atmosphere or generating carbon credits for sale to companies to offset their emissions. Mm-hmm. There you have it. So, um, taking the part for the whole. Yes, taking the part for the whole. Assuming that if they just plant trees, they can fix the problem, right, of, mm-hmm. of deforestation. Exactly, um, quickly. Yeah, it's like, here's here's a problem, here's how we fix it. Right. And they don't understand the broader structures. Right. And I would argue that many of them don't care. Right. Because all they care about is making a political point mm-hmm. that we need to fix a problem that they're pointing out. And later on in the article, they do say that the nat- the native people in the area, they were taking some of the trees out and, and begging them not to do it because yes. it was taking their land away for right. their herding. Right. And, and so much of this is driven mm-hmm. by an ideology of nature worship, right. of raising like the idea of the, of the perfect notion of nature to a higher level mm-hmm. than human value right. and deciding that human beings are cancers on the planet right. and that therefore the needs of human beings should be secondary at best, mm-hmm. probably discounted mm-hmm. is what many of them would say. Right. And there's of course a large gradation in between those two, those, the, the, those two broad ways of looking at it. Mm-hmm. But largely on the left, they have this notion of here's a problem. We've got to fix it. Right. And then dive in with whatever somebody comes up with as an idea of how to fix it mm-hmm. without really understanding the broader structures involved. That's right. So raising the part to the whole. Yes. Right. And then even <laughs> another article we just read today was pathological altruism. Yes. <laughs> that takes yes. you on all other. Right. And that one was from the Brownstone, mm-hmm. Brownstone Institute. Institute, right, which is dedicated to the study of the COVID catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that, <laughs> it is a, another classic example, certainly, of taking the part for the mm-hmm. whole, because it was like we needed to solve this COVID problem at whatever mm-hmm. cost. Mm-hmm. And so everything was justified in trying to take and and what they reaped, the consequences that we've reaped from that 
will be something we're dealing with for decades and decades to come. And it makes the point that when we we take this part and make it a whole, we actually end up destroying that part. Yeah. We destroy everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now we're we're all terrified, walking around terrified mm-hmm. of of COVID, terrified of germs. Of, of yeah, <laughs> and wearing masks when when the science mm-hmm. once again has shown that that was not only not only not helpful, but actually counterproductive. Right. But who knows that? Right. They're not even allowed to talk about it. Misinformation. Yeah, they'll call it misinformation. Right. Okay, well, that concludes this topic. Okay. And um, if if any of you out there have any thoughts or questions, just let us know. You can leave a comment or contact us. What? And, and it, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was not thrilled about trying to undertake this one so early. Yeah. But I think we managed to say something I think you did very well. Important. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think thank you fantastic. for pushing me to, to do this, to do my it. love. <laughs> um, and if you have any topic ideas that you'd like to hear us discuss, you know, feel free to let us know that too. Yep. Thank you for spending time with us and we appreciate it. We hope you have a great week ahead. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.